0: In fact, I used to think that that's the way things were always going to be. That I was always going to live in the bush uh, with my mom and dad. And then I would grow up to be a man and uh, get married and have my own family. And I would continue uh, that way of life uh, that we lived and that we enjoyed so much. I never thought or dreamed that one day uh, that
1: life was going to be disrupted. Stay good day. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from Alan Jolly, a Cree from Northern Ontario, as he shares about his early years and the challenges that he faced in his youth. My name is
0: Alan Jolly. I'm from Moose Factory, Ontario, Canada. I've lived in Moose Factory for about 50 years, and um, I was actually born in a place called uh, Rupert House, and it's on the Quebec side of uh, of James Bay. It's another community about uh, 60 miles, well, maybe about 90 miles uh, to the east of uh, Moose Factory. I came to Moose Factory when I was uh, nine years old, and uh, I came here for the purpose of uh, starting uh, my education. I went into the Indian residential school that was here in Moose Factory, Ontario. And uh, up until that time, uh, I lived with my, my parents. Uh, we lived off the land. We were hunters, harvesters. We survived by living off the land. That was the only life I knew uh, right up until the time I was nine years old. In fact, I used to think that that's the way things were always going to be, that I was always going to live in the bush uh, with my mom and dad, and then I would grow up to be a man and uh, get married and have my own family, and I would continue uh, that way of life uh, that we lived and that we enjoyed so much. I never thought or dreamed that one day uh, that life was going to be disrupted, but that's what happened. Uh, when I was nine years old my my parents finally reluctantly agreed to place me in the Indian residential school here in Moose factory Ontario uh, so i was, I was a little bit older than most kids uh, usually um, uh, a lot of kids went to the residential school when they were about six years old so I was nine so a bit older but the reason why I started at nine because uh, my mum wouldn't allow me to go by myself. So she thought it would be good if my younger brother next to me, Joe, that we would wait until he got a bit older. And uh, so when he was about seven, him and I went into the school together. And... um, I still remember that day. That was a real tough day for, for both of us. And uh, even for my dad, he was the one that took us there to the school. And, and I know for a fact, it really broke his heart to uh, leave us there in the school. Uh, being in the residential school, uh, we stayed there for 10 months of the year from the end of August right up until the following uh, June. And we didn't see our parents uh, throughout those 10 months, except for the one time when my dad came into the village in Factory to get additional uh, supplies uh, before Christmas. So he dropped by the school just to say hello to us. But other than that, we didn't see our parents uh, for for 10 months. And um, I just want to say that uh, when we were living off the land, I never really heard that much about God. And I remember we used to ask uh, Mom now and then, Mom, is there a, is there a Heavenly Father? And mom would quickly answer and say, "Yes, there is a heavenly Father." I I, I remember to uh, to this day the the response that she gave, and uh, the way she just sounded as if she didn't really know for sure herself. But anyway, she did say, "Yes, there is a heavenly Father," and she told my brother and I, "And if you boys are good, that's where you're gonna go someday to be with uh with God in heaven." And uh, living off the land. Like I said, it was a good life. We enjoyed that life. That was the only life we knew. And uh, it was a harsh life in some ways. And uh, when I think back to it, it, it seems to me that uh, we didn't have time for much uh, to do anything else, like especially spiritual things. We never really thought about God or talked about God that much. It seems like every day was just taken up, just doing our chores and just trying to survive that day. And just trying to find food or, or, or at least for my dad, who was the hunter, to be able to, uh, kill, uh, small game or large game so that we would have food, you know, from day to day. So, uh, like I said, when I think back to it, we never had much time for anything else. And certainly we didn't really talk much about God at that time. So when I went into the residential school at nine, it was the first place where where I ever heard about God being spoken of. And uh, and I didn't realize it then, but the school was run and operated by the Anglican Church. So it was the clergy people that were working there, the, the principal and the, some of the supervisors. So we had to go to church Sunday, and uh, that was where I heard about God being spoken of. Now, when I started there, I only spoke Cree. I didn't speak English at all. I didn't really understand English. And uh, my mom used to tell me that's the reason why I needed to go to school, so I could learn to speak English. So when I started at nine years old, the only language I spoke was my mother tongue, which was the Cree language. But I was able to pick up English uh, throughout that first year. And then when we used to go to church on Sunday, when I heard God being spoken about, and I was really interested because I thought, well, maybe now I will finally learn about God. That's what I thought. And I was only nine years old. And, uh, and as time went, uh, it just seemed that I, I, I never did really come to know God throughout those years at residential school. And I guess today I can understand why the Anglican church in particular doesn't necessarily, uh, teach or 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 believe in people making a personal decision about the lord that they don't really encourage people to invite the lord in their life and i guess to this day i i would have to say that was probably the reason why i never really came to know and have a personal experience with the lord because i i was never led to that point where i needed to uh choose the lord to have in my life but anyway um i went to the residential school for seven years in total, three years here in Moose Factory, and then I went four years in Brantford, Ontario. And uh, in fact, I was even an altar boy for uh, for two years. As I got older, when I was down in Brantford, when I was about 14, 15 years old, uh, I was an altar boy. When I started high school, uh, that's when I got out of uh, residential school. And I went to uh, North Bay, Ontario, to do my high school. I was put into uh, a private home or private billeting, and I stayed with two other uh, native kids from uh, from here, from Moose Factory area. So um, I was about 16 years old when I started high school. So really, uh, I was no longer in a in a residential school setting, and uh, and I found that a little bit awkward for a while because uh, I, I was free to do what I wanted to do. No, there was nobody around to tell me uh, to do this or to do that, like in a uh, in residential school. We had to follow rules and uh, line up and, and all that kind of stuff there. But when I started high school and living on my own in a private home, more or less, I, I was free to do what I wanted to do. And, um, and one of the things that I struggled with in that first year in high school was the thought, well, should I go to church? And uh, I had gone to church every every Sunday for for the seven years that I spent in residential school. So I kind of became like a bit of a habit, I guess, going to church. I, I kind of felt in some way the importance of going to church. But uh, at 16, I I asked myself, well, do I should I go to church? And and I made a a wrong decision on that day. Uh, as a 16-year-old, I thought to myself, well, I've gone to church for seven years in residential school, and now, uh, seven years later, or eight years later, I I felt I didn't know God at all. I I didn't feel any closer to God, even though I I went to church seven years. So what I decided was, well, maybe there's no point in going to church, because uh, I concluded there's probably no way a person can really know God. So I decided I wasn't going to go to church. I wasn't going to bother going to church. And plus, I didn't know which church to go to. North Bay, a new town for me, and I wasn't acquainted with, with people there. And the people that that were my guardians looking after me while, while I was going to school there, they didn't encourage me to go to church either. So uh, I decided on my own I was just going to let uh, church life go. I concluded uh, that there's probably no, no way I can ever really know God anyway. So that's what I decided. And I and I went to high school for about four years. Then I came home when I was about 19 years old. At that time, I was starting to uh, dabble into uh, drinking, uh, smoking and drinking. And when I came home, at that time, uh, my parents were, were involved in alcohol as well. And we didn't have a very good home life, even though there was certainly plenty of love there, I would have to say, but my parents became involved in alcohol on weekends, and and as as hard as I tried to stay away from that, eventually I got caught up into it as well, and I should mention that uh, when I was about 14 years old, and when when I was home during the summer, and my parents would get involved in drinking, and I remember those nights, and I couldn't sleep, because we used to just live in a one-room tent frame, in the summer and then my parents lived in that in the wintertime as well. And I remember those nights when I couldn't sleep and I was so sleepy. I wanted to go to bed, but I was afraid to go to bed because I was afraid that those people that were drunk might, might, might fall on me when they're drinking and, and fighting. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I felt so, uh, so miserable, uh, in that situation. And, and I remember thinking to myself as a 14 year old, if I ever get married and have a family of my own, I'm not going to bring them through something like this. I, I hated the drinking that was going on. I hated that life. My, my dad and even my mom, uh, when she got involved in it too, and they were different people when they were drunk. And my dad is sort of the most loving person when he's sober. But when he was drunk, he was the, the worst person to, to be around with. You know, we became afraid of him as as young boys uh, growing up, and so we hated that kind of life and what the alcohol was doing. But of course, by the time I was 19, I got caught up into it. I I couldn't get away from it. So I guess it's, even though I don't blame it, anybody for it, I think maybe at one time, maybe I did blame my parents. Well, I got into drinking and all the things associated with that because you people were, you know, were drinking and, and you brought that into our home and. And, uh, and, uh, and us boys got, got into it as well but the more I think about it I, nobody forced me to drink in the end I, 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 I took the, the bottle myself
1: it is tempting to blame others for the poor choices that we make and while it is true that someone may influence us to do wrong we are responsible for our own actions God is very clear about this And He's the one that we must answer to. And we will one day. Are you ready to stand before Him? You can be if you'll humble yourself and receive the gift of forgiveness that He offers you through His Son, Jesus Christ. He tells us in the Bible, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the life-giving Spirit in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. If you have any questions or comments or would like a copy of today's program, write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. We're also online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there's more to Alan's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.